Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. As we enter the month of October, October for us is Financial Planning Month, which happens to be my favorite topic since that's where I spend most of my career. Our guest today is one of my partners over at CNA Financial Group, David Suki. Dave's with us many times on our show, and it's always a pleasure to have him here. So, Dave, pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Frank. Great to be back with you again. And I know, Dave, that you know financial planning is our favorite topic. I mean, you know, we've spent our careers in this. So as we talk through the course of this month on financial planning, you know, what we're going to try to do is help all of our listeners to really get some direction, give them some insights, and enlighten them of what's going on, and you know, give them hopefully some great ideas to advance their finances. You know, with that in mind, you know, we've always observed what other financial service organizations do. And what I've observed over the years is is that most people end up dealing with a financial institution or someone who represents a financial institution at the time that they're getting advice. And what typically happens is if I'm talking to someone who's in the insurance business, they're typically going to be very product-centered, trying to tell me that everything I should do is going to be around insurance or an annuity or something. If I'm talking to someone who's in the investment industry, they're going to tell me that they have the best investment for me. And then if I talk to someone at the bank, they're going to tell me that they have some banking type product. So I always look and they have a hard time being kind of objective when we look at it. Dave, you see the same thing? You've seen it any differently? Um, uh, Frank, it's been that way for years. Um, you walk into any of those places, the buildings look very similar. The advisors look very similar. And the, and the consumer usually... Um, is very frustrated after the experience is over because they're all capturing assets. We call it AUM, assets under management. You know, and it's a, you know, um, it's a process that you trained under for years that you taught me about that was really ineffective for many years before you you, you shifted the focus of how how we plan for clients now. So you know, one of the things that I found was interesting is, is that in all of those years that we were you know providing advice and we were providing those types of services, what started to really happen was is that we were always trying to find money from people and effectively what we were doing is and and I I would kid as I was say you know what I end up giving them a headache and the headache was typically (laughs) you're not gonna have enough you don't have enough insurance you're not gonna have enough retirement you can't you know I mean Dave you you know two children your wife's doing the next month congratulations so I'm done with paying for college, but yeah. my guess is when you go through it with your kids, it'll cost uh, you probably you know, close to a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so here I am giving you a headache, which is, Dave, you and I are friends, so you're welcome, by the way, that I just <laughs> gave you that headache today. And then all of a sudden I'm going to turn around and say, well, do you want to buy a product? Yeah, that the answer is that, meaning I, I, I'm here to save your day, save your life. I've got the answer you've been looking for and that there's a product developed to help cure that. Now – we know products help; they can, um, but the fact that they exist doesn't mean, you know, that that's the answer. Um, so, you've taught, and I've learned that it's really about utilization more than it is the actual product. We call it the process. You got it. And you know, it was, you know, before we started, you know, I, I told Dave that we we're going to talk a little bit about the bucket, and he was like, "Frank, what? What do you mean the bucket? Are you talking about kicking the bucket?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, Dave," I said. You know, if, if you envision, you know, and I'm a visual person, so for our listeners, if you were to envision a bucket, what typically is happening is is your bucket represents your wealth, okay? And what most financial planners are going to tell you is just pour more 
pour more into the bucket, okay? Now, the challenge that we have, and I have a saying that I've coined, which is here's what happens with financial services. You're asking me to not enjoy a dollar today and postpone that enjoyment for the future, and I really don't have a clear future what that's going to look like. So I have a hard time with really deferring the use of money and enjoying it later. So it's a challenge that we all have, which is, you know, living on less today. So the phrase that I have is is that we all would love to save more, okay, but we don't want to live less. That's right. We want to live the same, but we want to save more. That's right. So when I think in terms of the bucket, the flow of water coming into it or the flow of money that comes into it, if we were to keep that the same because I want to live the same, okay, I'd have to look elsewhere. So most advisors, when they look at the bucket, they're looking at what assets are in play, what's already in there. And so what they typically are doing is they start chasing what I refer to as the rates of return. I mean, Dave, I mean, you do this every day just like I. What are you saying? Yeah, the, it's it's a fight over the bucket. They're all focused on, well, I have a better bucket or I have a bigger bucket or mine is going to provide more more at the end because of the – you know, the past performance it had versus what you currently owned. So, yeah, it's a it's a rate of return conversation literally almost every time. Dave, you said something very powerful that um, I'm going to say 99% of the people missed it, and I don't even know if you missed it. Do, do you know what you said offhand? Which one, the, currently or the previous it was, utilization? They'll show you, no, they'll show you a past rate of return. return. Yeah. And here's what's interesting on that past rate of return, which is, Everything that you ever see in finance always says past returns are not indicative of future results. (laughs) However, when most financial advisors sit down with people, what they'll do is they'll say, well, here's what you did last year. And had you owned these other funds, look at how they would have done better. And at the the bottom of it, it says, but this isn't indicative of what's going to happen in the future. So what we keep doing and what people keep doing is – they're saying, well, I'm going to go with this one again. It would be like saying this every year since it is football season. And, you know, we kid that for our, my listeners, I'm not really a sports fanatic. <laughs> I don't follow sports that close. It's a joke around here. But it would be like me every year trying to say who won the, football, who won the Super Bowl last year and saying, okay, that's my team this year. And what would typically happen is most years I would be wrong. I'm betting on that. That's right. But, but yet when I think in terms of my investments, that's what I'm often doing. And I'm doing it as it relates to a sector of the market, so, so small cap or emerging markets or large cap, or I'm doing it based upon a portfolio. The XYZ fund was the good one last year. And so I buy that one. So when we think in terms of what's occurring in the bucket, you know, it, it, it's it's not as functional as it should it, be. It's very inefficient. Yeah, and, and it's it, it's very common. Frank, which is all the institutions are in business to make money. We know that, okay? And that's fair. They tell you that. They, Absolutely. You know, and they, they market it in a way that captures assets, and these products are developed in a way to, to do that and to, to build on the fear of the fact that, yeah, you mentioned earlier, I have two children. I'm going to have a third, God willing, in a month healthy to go to college. Yeah, I, I would lose sleep, you know, knowing that, oh, my God, a million dollars, you know, means i got to make two million to have the million, right? Exactly. So, over the next 15 to 20 years to pay for their education, that's overwhelming to people, Frank. So the the answer is, yeah, I want more. I need to have more money. And where, how am I going to get there? Well, logically, if I can make 10% versus 6, I'll have more. 
So that just makes sense to a lot of people when they sit down with an advisor. But what we've discovered is that's not the whole story. And you also and you can't control that rate of return. That's right. You know, that's I, absolutely right. I, I call that the plan based on hope. I hope I get that rate of return. <laughs> you know, so and usually you find out it's a little too late. And what happens is I just lost a year. So if the projection was I had to put away a dollar before, and I got to put away a dollar plus. That's right. And the more years that I miss the projection, the more dollar pluses I have to do. To all of a sudden I get to a point where most of people that are out there just don't have enough. And when you, uh, I think it's human behavior in terms of how we react. If we don't have enough of something, and somebody, you know, um, shares with us, we could possibly have more. We're almost willing to justify the risk to the to receive the reward. And the reality is, is we've learned with our uh, the approach we look at money, you don't have to necessarily take that action to have a better reward. Absolutely, and we're going to get into that in a second. But before I we go there it was a something funny had occurred uh, it was funny to me i was uh visiting uh one of my friends out in minnesota i was in his office he's one of my counterparts he's an excellent advisor out there and as i'm walking down the hall in his office i saw a picture and the picture kind of looked like a little bit of a snake you know it kind of had that up and down up and down and what it said on the picture is buy on greed sell on fear, repeat process till broke. (laughs) And when I say that is we're human. And so human nature is, is that, you know, when we're here and the market's up, this is good, that's good. What we do is we start jumping in and we're usually jumping in at the top. And then all of a sudden when things start to go the opposite way and things are dropping and things are dropping and I get my statement and it looks like I'm getting less and less or I always laughed as, you know, during 2008 and 2009, we had you know people that they stopped opening their statements, yeah. and then what would happen is is they're selling at the bottom, so they're buying on greed at the tops, they're selling on fear at the bottom, and you know the reality is is when I saw that sign, I left because that's true. If you continue to do that, you'd continue that until you're broke. And we all are become our own worst enemy, Frank. Right? We're very Correct. emotional beings, and we. Um, we make decisions around those emotions, and oftentimes when it comes to finance, they're usually not in, in our best interest, the decisions we wind up making. And it's, it's what, it, I go back to this. Everybody loves a winner. Right? Yes. We all love winners. You talked about football. I can't tell you how many – now, I do have an allegiance in football. Um, yes. He wears green Yes, for I'm our a listeners. green football fan, we, we a Jets won't... fan. But I can't believe how many of my giant friends are jumping off with a giant wagon to get on the jet wagon. And I said, well – I wouldn't do that, friends. But just over a few weeks, they'd making that decision, and yet they've had such a better I, I, performance I've, in their past than the Jets have. It's very so, funny, though. People are funny. So, so you know, Dave, I'm wearing teal. So what happens is I can tell people <laughs> if the Giants won, I was rooting for, for them. them. If the yep. Jets won, I was rooting for them. It's just uh, a faded it's shirt. A good hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that happens with our money because we're, we we want it to, you know, we want it to work for us, and we oftentimes make decisions around what happened in the past. Absolutely. And we're always living in the past. Yeah. And when I say that, I shouldn't say we're always living in the past, but we, a lot of what we know is based upon our past experiences. Okay. And we only, you know, we have a limited context. So based upon what we said so far, okay, what I'd like to spend the rest of our show really talking about today is if we weren't going to talk about a product, because we're not going to do that today, and we're not going to, you know, 
try to pick out the markets. We'll do that in the future show with another expert. What we're going to do is we're going to actually spend our time today saying, you know what? We talked about two components of that bucket, which was the money coming in and the money that's already in there that people are trying to chase a rate of return on. But what most people fail to see is that there's often some cracks in the bucket and little holes or pinholes where they're losing money from, where if they could just focus on stopping the crack, plugging the pinholes, without having to take any additional risk, they effectively could have more wealth and effectively they can have more, okay, enjoy more, you know, still enjoy life. Absolutely. And they're saving more. They're accumulating more. Yes. So it's, you know, that, it, that's it, the goal. It, it's it's a, a concept I refer to winning, winning by not losing in cer- certain aspects, meaning they don't we, have to play we that don't game. have to play that game. Good answer. Meaning, and, and the, you can have wealth without loss if you'd like to, but you can also have wealth with loss and gain, and, and we've seen that. What happens is... Most of us are taught the latter, which is how to have loss, accept loss, and you know, not focus on, well, wait a minute, maybe I could do this in another context, and does it work? How does it work in that context? So let, let's start to address a few items where we see that there's the crack or the hole in the buckets where people can fill them rather easily. So the, the first one that I would say is on interest expense. And when I talk about interest expense, you know, we... It was interesting. I saw a client recently, and we were talking about mortgages. And, you know, I said to them, I said, you know, even though rates came up a little bit, when do you remember mortgage rates being under 5%? And so, you know, the ability to, you know, have the lowest possible rates, whether it be mortgage, whatever the case might be, is really key. And I know a lot of people get in a lot of credit card debt. I mean, Dave, I don't know what you're seeing out there. Yeah. but Yeah. Well, that's that ha- live for today afford today, they may still want to save for tomorrow, but maybe not wisely make decisions today. So that debt can, can catch up to you pretty quickly. So let's just highlight for our listeners a few things they can do as it relates to, you know, reducing some of their interest rate debt. So the first thing that, you know, and we'll just kind of go off of a couple things. So first thing I would say is if you haven't refinanced already or consolidated a little bit with regard to your home mortgage and so forth, I would tell you to look there. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, what are you telling people as it relates to when you find people that have some credit card debt? Well, it, it, it's it's one of those real obvious answers. We have to eliminate it, you know. So we have to find a way to to not carry credit card debt because, as we know, interest that we pay someone else is interest we don't get to keep, yeah. and that mounts over our lifetime. That's a big number if you carry it for twenty twenty five years. So so we're immediately looking for ways to pay it off, Frank. However, we can whether it's another asset, whether it's a, a, so you a got finance sitting and sitting in a savings, savings account. account. Yeah, I mean, I've had clients who are putting money into retirement plans and earning, and on average, let's say five, six, seven percent rates of return, which are competitive, you know, for that for that area, and paying twenty percent to Visa. Okay. Well, that's that's a loss of wealth, Frank. We're losing money there long term. So why don't we stop the contribution for a little bit, pay off the credit cards? And then go back to the plan, and you just you know you 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 made yourself or saved yourself a significant amount of money over time. So, interest charges. Next one that you know I'm just going to highlight is insurance charges. And when I say insurance, the property and casualties should be shopped every year. High deductibles on those. You know, 
500 is probably too low. 1,000, 2,000 is probably more likely what it should be. How about um, what, what are you seeing as far as investment expense? Oh, management fees and traditional retail mutual fund costs that that are really up, you know, Frank, becoming obsolete as we know in that in that world. There's just a better way to get investments at a lower cost. So, as we're summarizing this for our clients and for all of our listeners, here's what we're looking at: you got to manage your interest costs. You got to get them as low as possible. Even if you you know you got to refinance them, do some family financing, take money that's getting zero percent, pay them off. Second thing is we're wrapping up is you got to look at those insurance costs. Property and casualties should be shopped every year. Go with your higher deductibles. You know when you look at that. I would also tell everyone that when they're doing their taxes, I'd have someone give a second opinion to see if there's an opportunity to save on some of your income taxes here and there. And then the last one is is I would look at every single investment, what all the fees are. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today, David Suki. This is Frank Congelos. And as we wrap up, we wish all of our listeners a truly blessed week. You can contact us at iofrw.com. Thank you and have a blessed week.